All right, so to start the Pylon podcast today, I'm Cantley Elliott with Will Weddington. Um, it was a big weekend in college football this past weekend. Um, some games that meant a lot. And obviously, I think OSU versus Michigan, that's where we can start. Um, so I, I think both of us kind of expected this a little bit. I don't think yeah. either one of us is too surprised. I guess, like, what were some of your takeaways from it? What does this mean for Michigan? What does it mean for Ohio State? Uh, for Michigan, it means they're guaranteed a CFP berth. Like, even if they lose to Iowa, they'll be the four seed. Like, they're going to get in regardless. Uh, For Ohio State, they got some soul-searching to do on offense. Um, This season, they've very much been, a, a, I think, a run-first team and then pass the ball out to Marv, like just chuck it deep to Marv. But for whatever reason, every OSU-Michigan game, Ryan, the, at least the last three, Ryan Day has just completely just, like, abandoned the run because the last 22 matchups whoever has the most rushing yards wins like Mm -hmm. that is a fact it is a fact and ohio state had 102 rushing yards while michigan had over 150 so that just shows you where the, the important part of the offense lies in that game um we'll talk about it later when we uh when we go into the college college football playoff projections and stuff like that but i think ohio state's done I know there's some people who are like, well, if this happens and this happens, which we'll talk about you know, in a little bit, uh, we could get in. Like, no, I don't even think with those happening. I think they'll just be like, all right, you guys aren't in the playoffs this season. Next year when we go to 12, you'll have a permanent spot in the playoffs Like from now on unless you really crap the bed. Uh, but, yeah, I think Ohio State's playoff hopes are done. Uh, Michigan gets to go up against a very, very disgusting Iowa team that has had a historically bad offense, which we I'll talk about in the uh, the games to watch this weekend for the championships and stuff like that. But uh, like you said, I was not surprised. Uh, the game was a little closer than I had originally thought. I think in my article, I wrote that Michigan was going to win by at least 10. Um, they won by six, 30, 30 to 24, which is still closer than last year and the year before. So maybe next year, Ohio state will make it a, a three point game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, that was the big game this weekend. And then there's a couple other CFP teams or CFP hopeful teams that played on Friday. Oregon, Oregon State played. Oregon won that 31-7. to uh, Oregon State came out very, very flat. And I think it's because their head coach, Jonathan Smith, told his team that after that game, he was going to go take the Michigan State job, which is exactly what he did. So they did not really care about playing. Uh, Texas played Texas Tech. Uh, the last time these two teams play in this rivalry, quote unquote rivalry, Texas Tech seems to think it's a rivalry, but Texas does not because Texas has won like 58 out of however many and Texas Tech has only won like 10. Uh, but they won 57 to 7, making a statement. Uh, Washington played Washington State in the Apple Cup. Washington survived off a game winning field goal 24 21. Uh, Washington has looked very shaky since their win over Oregon. So like the past six weeks and then the iron bowl, Alabama survives against Auburn off of the most insane fourth and goal on like the 36 yard line. Jalen Miller throwing a back corner of the end zone touchdown Uh, watching this at work. Everyone couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was insane. 
And then the other game that I just, there's a couple other bigger games that happen, but I, I, I like touching on these type of games because I think they're just so much fun and it's what college football is all about. Uh, Farmageddon happened, which is, it's not really a rivalry, like a recon, I think it's a, a recognized rivalry. It's Iowa State versus Kansas State. Uh, they played and it was like 15 degrees at kickoff, but it was snowing. It was a blizzard. Like the entire field was white. It was snowing the entire game. Um, Iowa State won that snow-covered game 42-35. to Iowa had only 35 plays on offense. 35 plays of offense. Doesn't sound bad, but you compare that to Kansas State, who had 102. So the only thing I kind of wanted to add, um, because like I said, OSU versus Michigan was the only game you did for your article this week. It was pretty much everybody was watching just because yeah. there was so much on the line. Um, so it's even funny, you touched on Ohio State, you know, like the run game for them and everything. I actually heard a stat before the game. They said they're eighth in the Big Ten in rushing, which is crazy to I, think it's like that's I so wild. That. Yeah, they're eighth in the in their conference in rushing. So I was like, that's a really kind of crazy stat because I know Michigan, obviously I'd probably put them at number one, but you would think Ohio State would have at least been, for as much depth as they have at running back, they'd probably be at least like in the top three maybe. Yeah, I was going to say top four. But you also yeah. got to think their running back room has been injured most of the they season. Tra- Travion missed three games. Uh, Mayan Williams, Williams is done for the season. Chip Trainum was hurt. They had to uh, they had to burn a couple games for uh, their freshman. Uh, what I forget his name. He played against. Um, was it Purdue? Not Hayden. Not Hayden. Dallin Hayden. Yeah, it was Dallin Hayden. Hayden. Yeah, Dallin Hayden. They had to they had to almost burn his redshirt year, which they weren't thinking about. Like their running back room was a little beat up and they got healthy again once they played Wisconsin when Travion came back. But yeah. Yeah, no, they were really banged up. And like, and like you said, I think this year is interesting for them and I don't see them making it into the CFP just because like you and I have said on here before, there's so many other good teams. And I felt Mm -hmm. like a year like last year where they were really just dependent on USC losing to get in. That was kind of like the only team that was really kind of close with them this year. But like you said, you look at, even Alabama and Georgia, that game, you look at um, the ACC championship game with Florida State, you look at the Pac-12. So, I mean, like, there's like five or six other schools, I think, that would probably make it in over them now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just tough. It's oh. just like you said, it's just so clogged up right there. So my projection after this upcoming weekend, I have Georgia as the one seed, Michigan is the two seed, Oregon is the three seed, and Texas is the four seed. So I have Washington losing the rematch and Florida State losing. Uh, to Louisville as well that Florida State Louisville game is a little iffy mainly because Louisville just lost this past weekend yeah. uh and but they had kind of a scare against Florida this past weekend they were down 12 to 0 or something back like that but then they came back and ended up winning 24 to 15 mm-hmm. um but that's yeah I I think Oregon loses to Washington and Texas uh with the Washington loss Texas gets in once they beat um and Florida State loses, Texas gets in beating Oklahoma State. And it's just, I don't know how you can justify putting in a an 11 and one Ohio State team who has not is not playing a meaningful game this weekend. They're not playing in the conference championship. How can you justify putting them in over a 12 and one Oregon who just avenged their one loss in the season, who I think is gonna blow out Washington because Washington has not been looking good defensively. And then how can you justify it over a 12-1 and Texas team, too? 
you can't justify it's not like the early days of the cfp when all these teams were knocking each other out like it was an 11 and 2 versus an 11 and 1 team in the college in the big 12 and that 11 and two, or the uh the 10 and 2 team wins thus knocking the big 12 out you're you're getting a 12 and 1 team granted texas can lose uh washington can lose florida state can lose and alabama loses again that would help out ohio state's case but if you have to go through 15 different steps to get a team your team into the playoffs you don't deserve it you should they should have just won their game on saturday against ohio or against michigan that's all they had to do and they abandoned the run game when it was working so well they had this long methodical drive in the third quarter that got travion henderson a touchdown and then they're like you know what we're gonna throw it again yeah. we're gonna try to throw it to marv and guess what it was an interception yeah so Actually, it's funny. I was looking at your CFP team that you have picked. And mine were, were actually the exact same. My order's a little bit different, though. I took Michigan at number one. I took Georgia two, yeah. Oregon three, and Texas four. And I think for 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 my sake, I put Georgia number two just because I think Michigan and Oregon are the two most complete teams so far this year. And I would love to see them play for a national championship. I'd hate to see yeah. them play in the first round against each other. But yeah. realistically, we do have the same teams in there. I also was a, I really did like your uh, ACC championship game because I had Louisville too over yeah. FSU. And I was just like, Louisville, they've been super underrated this year. You look at mm-hmm. their game against Notre Dame, they beat Notre Dame when Notre Dame was number 11. They even beat Duke when Duke was playing really well too. So, I mean, like, Louisville had some quality wins this year that I think people are kind of looking over a little bit. Um, they do have so- an ugly loss though. They do, which is true, <laughs> yes. And um, but like you said, Florida State, that game, a lot of these games, the score isn't indicative of how the game goes. And FSU for a while, I was like, if they mm-hmm. lose to Florida, then I'm not really sure. But I do like I do like to see Louisville, you know, get that win on Saturday. Cause I think it just yeah. mixes everything up. Yeah. If Louisville wins, mm-hmm. um, It'll be interesting to see where they go in the uh, the New Year's Six Bowl games. Do they go to the Orange Bowl over a Florida State team they just beat? Uh, because the Orange Bowl, I think, is going to be whoever this ACC team is versus Ohio State. So Ohio State will either play Florida State or they'll play Louisville. And then your order of Georgia and Michigan, I think that also depends on how high Iowa and Alabama are ranked in this new CFP that's coming out. This is... This might be dated for some people watching. This is recorded on a Monday. Uh, but if I think Ohio State is going to fall like they should, they should be behind Texas, Oregon, and Alabama, the three one-loss teams that are playing meaningful games this weekend. So Ohio State should be number eight, in my opinion. Uh, I know they just lost in a one-score game to the number three team in the country, but you're not playing a meaningful game. Like, your season's done, essentially. Um, and then Georgia is playing the number eight, quote unquote, number eight team that could change with the new rankings and stuff like that. So it all depends on where they, the CFP puts this Iowa team in Alabama team and how big these teams, like if Georgia has a hard time with Alabama and Michigan just completely smokes Iowa, then I could see that flip flop happening. Oh, absolutely. I just wonder, though, I'm going to ask you, what? how likely do you think it is that Bama does beat Georgia? Because I was looking right now, and the spread's at like four and a half. Yeah, it's closer. It's yeah. Had had Bama lost the Iron Bowl, mm-hmm. um, I think they would have been dejected, or they would have been like all like guns blazing, like what do we got to lose? Let's knock Georgia, let's knock Georgia out. Because if Alabama was coming into this game with two losses and they locked, 
knock Georgia out. I could have honestly seen Georgia getting knocked out of the CFP. Um, and then we would have had Michigan, Oregon, Texas, and then a Florida State team in wow. if they won. Yeah, I I, I believe that. A, t- a two-loss Alabama team would knock Georgia out of the CFP discussion. So I'm trying to think. So for the games this upcoming weekend, championship games, yeah. Oregon-Washington, you touched on that a little bit. You're going with Oregon in this one? Yeah, I'm going to go with Oregon in the reef. They've just been playing so dominant. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've had a, a single close game since that wash. Like, it's it's like Washington and Oregon just went, they branched different directions. <laughs> Washington is like, I'm going to win very close games. And Oregon is just like, I'm going to destroy every single team I come across and give yeah. Bo Nix the Heisman. Like, that's that's what I think. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. Um, the other, we'll, we'll go to the other championship games. Uh, the very first championship game is the Conference USA Championship. It's New Mexico State, a team I've talked about for the last two weeks, it seems like, versus number 25, Liberty. New Mexico State's 10 and 3, Liberty's 12 and 2. Uh, it's their both, it's both teams' first appearance in the conference championship, but it's also their first seasons in, in the, uh, the conference. Uh, both teams were, um, independents last season. Uh, the teams played earlier in the season. I think it was like week two or week three. Liberty won that 33 to 17. Uh, it's New Mexico State's first 10 win season since the 1950s. I think it's like 1954. Uh, Liberty is undefeated, but they have the easiest football schedule in all of college football. If you look, they are 133 out of 133 for the easiest college football schedules. Uh, New Mexico State is playing incredible football right now. I like New Mexico State in this game as, as an upset. Um, and Liberty's hoping to get this new, the uh, group of five New Year's Six Bowl spot, but they need a little help, which we'll get to. Uh, Oregon, Washington, we just talked about rematch. Washington won the last time 36 or uh, 36 33. Winner is almost guaranteed to go to the CFP. Uh, I think the winner, the winner slash performance of the quarterbacks in this game will decide the Heisman Trophy between mm-hmm. Michael Penix and Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is going to get it though. Uh, Saturday, the first championship game on this day is the Big 12, Oklahoma State, who's at the time number 20, and then Texas, who's number 7. Texas needs to win and hope Washington and Florida State loses, uh, and then they're in. Uh, If not, they'll probably play Tulane, or if they feel like the uh, group of – or the uh, New Year's Six committee wants to feel – want to give us really good games, they'll make them play Ohio State. After that is the MAC championship game, Miami of Ohio versus Toledo, ten and two versus eleven and one. Uh, Toledo's looking to win back-to-back MAC championships games. Uh, this is also a rematch from earlier in the season. Toledo won that game. Toledo's on a ten-game winning streak. Their one loss is to Illinois, and Toledo, like Liberty, is looking for the Group of Five New Year's Six bowl spot. Uh, but they need Tulane and Liberty to lose in order to be uh, considered because they're ranked Tulane is the highest ranked group of five team then it's them then it's liberty or it's liberty then them uh then it's the mountain west championship boise state unlv seven to five nine and three uh boise state which after we're done talking this we can talk coaching carousel for a little bit boise state fired their head coach like a week ago uh despite making it to the conference championship game uh, and then this is UNLV's best season in 20 years and Barry Odom's first season. Uh, then there's the SEC championship game, Georgia versus Alabama. I feel like we talked about this a lot. 
Georgia wins, they're in. Alabama wins. They need a little bit of help uh, to get in. AAC championship game. This I think this game is going to be awesome. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. Uh, SMU played Navy this past weekend, and they had 52 total points in the first half. Granted, the final was like 58 or 58 to 15. They like only scored one touchdown in the second half. And then Tulane. Uh, Tulane's looking to be back-to-back AAC champs and uh, looking to be back-to-back group of five New Year's Six appearances. Um, but they've looked a little shaky the last couple of weeks winning one-score games. I think SMU takes that game. Uh, App State versus Troy for the Sun Belt. App State's like eight and four. Troy's ten and two. Uh, I like Troy in that game. The Big Ten Championship, Michigan versus Iowa. Michigan's like 99% chance going to make it to the playoffs. I can't think of a situation where they don't. Uh, and then Iowa is offense is so historically bad. They have, they have hit the under for their games for like the last eight weeks, which is unheard of. I think they're 10 and two over under in the two games that they have hit the over they lost. I could be wrong about that though. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to bet on this game, hit the under, <laughs> uh, just because the odds are on your side. Um, and then the last game of the night is the ACC championship, Louisville versus Florida State. Florida State wins. Uh, they'll probably be in the uh, the CFP. And then Louisville will, even if they win or lose, they're probably going to go to the Orange Bowl is my guess because they're the runner-up. Yeah. Unless, unless Florida State loses and then I don't even know because then the winner of the ACC would go, which would be Louisville. They'll probably put Florida State in another bowl game, another New Year Six bowl game. But yeah, those are the big. Those are all the college football games this weekend. Next week, there's only one game. It's Army Navy, which we yeah. can talk about that next week because that's yeah. always a fun game to talk about. Yeah, no, that is yeah. always a good one to get into, and I'm I'm excited to see what these games are going to look like this weekend. But mm-hmm. um, you know, like you touched on a little bit, the coaching carousel. We got people leaving, coming in. Oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to get into that a little bit, go for it. Yeah. So Houston finally fired Dana Holgerson after five seasons. Uh, there's a couple of these coaches that weren't going to get fired. Well, people didn't think they're going to get fired because of their buyout. But post Jimbo Fisher getting fired at Texas A&M, these school boosters are like, you know what? We'll fu- we'll give you twenty million dollars to go away and not coach, which is the ultimate dream job. I'd love to be a fired Power Five coach. Um, so Houston fired Dana Holgerson after five seasons. Uh, Indiana fires uh, Tom Allen after seven seasons. He had a $20 million buyout. Um, but he was living off of that uh, 2020 COVID season when they were ranked in the top 10. Uh, and then after that, they kind of fell apart. Texas A&M. This is this uh, Texas A&M, man. We talked about it last week. They fired Jimbo Fisher after five and a half seasons. So on Saturday, I don't know if you were up or paying attention to any of this. They soft launched the idea of hiring Mark Stoops from uh, Kentucky. Did you did you hear I about this see or see any of this? Okay, I didn't. So there were reports Saturday night that they were hiring Mark Stoops from mm-hmm. Kentucky, who's Kentucky's head coach, and it was like all of these big name sites, mm-hmm. sport. They're like it's happening. The Texas A&M fan base revolted against this idea because Mark Stoops has been fine at Kentucky, given the resources. He's had the most 10-win seasons in their school program, in their program's history, and all this stuff. 
but that's a very uninspired choice for Texas A&M. So they revolted, and they Greg Schiano'd him. So Texas A&M backtracked and then said, oh, no, we, we're not hiring them. They released a statement saying, we're not hiring them. And then uh, Mark Stoops came out and said, no, I'm not going there. I'm staying at Kentucky. So they just essentially did what Tennessee fans did to Greg Schiano in Tennessee before they hired uh, Justin Heupel all those a couple years ago where Greg Schiano was going to become the head coach at Tennessee. And they're like, we don't want that guy. So that happened. And then yesterday they ended up hiring Mike Elko from Duke. And he was officially announced. That's probably what everyone saw. But Saturday night from about 1 a.m. to about 2 a.m., Mark Stoops was the head coach at uh, Texas A&M. And then they backtracked because of the backlash. They, They bullied. They Sonic the Hedgehog bullied. Texas A&M into firing their head coach again. Um, and with that, Duke loses Mike Elko to Texas A&M. Um, I talked about this earlier. Michigan State fired um, uh, Mel Tucker. That was a, a few weeks ago. Um, and then they hired Jonathan Smith, Oregon State's head coach, which is what we talked about in the games that happened this weekend, how Oregon State just came out flat. It was rumored before the game and during the game, it started really heating up that he was going to go to Michigan State. And then you could tell just by the product on the field that like, oh, he's gone. He's gone. Like he's gone. So he's gone. And it's sad because this is him leaving as a product of where college football's going. Um, He is an Oregon State alum. He played football at Oregon State. He loves Oregon State. But Oregon State doesn't really have a conference next season because the Pac-12 fell apart due to UC- USC and UCLA leaving. This all stems back to them leaving, blowing up this awesome conference. And he probably wants to be the head coach of a Power 5 school. Oregon State is not really a Power 5 school anymore, which sucks. And it sucks that this conference is being was torn apart because of greed of TV corp these TV corporations and these greedy administrative athletic directors and these commissioners just tearing it apart. Larry Scott ruined the PAC 12 and they just let it happen, which is, which sucks because he was a perfect fit for Oregon state. He was really building that program up and now they're probably going to just go into purgatory, hoping to pull the mountain West teams, destroying the mountain West conference to save their own conference, which sucks. Um, we talked about it last week too. Syracuse fired Dino Babers. Um, UTEP fired Dana Dimmel after six seasons. Bad week to be a head coach named Dana. Uh, New Mexico, New Mexico, not New Mexico State. New Mexico fires head coach Danny Gonzalez. San Diego State loses Brady Hoke to retirement. I think that was more of a retirement. Uh, like, hey man, you should retire. We don't want you now. Uh, they had like a three-win season, and they had high hopes. Boise State fired their head coach Andy Avalos, which is what I talked about. They're in their they're in the Mountain West Championship game, but they fired their head coach after three seasons. Um, Mississippi State fired their head coach Zach Arnett after one season. It wasn't even one season. Oh, they fired him after the Egg Bowl. Um, not the Egg Bowl. They fired him after the Texas A and M game, where they they lost, but. To credit Zach Arnett, it was his first season, and he was replacing the late Mike Leach, who had passed away last season. So he was given the short end of the stick, but the team was not very good either. 
though their best win was against uh nine and three Arizona. Uh, but they have hired Jeff uh Jeff Libby Jeff Libby I don't know why I wrote Jeff Levy or Debbie Jeff Libby from he's the Oklahoma State offensive coordinator who I don't know if you've looked online at all Oklahoma fans are very happy he is leaving so that should just tell you the the quality of coach they're getting he's also associated with Art Bryles and his father-in-law's Art Bryles who was the head coach at Baylor who's not a very good person so all that drama is going with them there too. So, yeah. And then Northwestern promotes their interim head coach, David Braun, who is 100% my Big Ten coach of the year. What he has done at Northwestern is absolutely insane. And I feel like I've talked about talked about this with you on at work and stuff about how Northwestern, I always bet now on Northwestern to cover or win when I'm doing sports betting. Because they do. They're 7-5. and five. Like, they, they fired their head coach, Pat uh, Fitzgerald bef- like a month before the season and they're seven to five going to a bowl game and they were one one win away from playing Michigan in the uh the Big Ten title game which is yeah. nuts to think about a program that everyone I think they're over under for they had one game was their 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 record and it was an FCS school and they've won seven games so he absolutely deserves to be promoted so that's all the coaching carousel stuff now someone could have gotten fired so while we're talking, <laughs> yeah, between this, between now and get, Wednesday, yeah, between now and Wednesday, or between now and Saturday, someone else right. might, other people might get fired. But like now that the Texas A and M job is gone and the Michigan State job is open, it's in Mississippi State. It's in. It's kind of interesting to see what's the most attractive head coaching job there is. Like we had joked, like. And there were rumors that Ryan Day could go to Texas A&M. I talked about this. I think we talked about this last week, too. Like, oh, maybe he goes to Texas A&M. Maybe he's just so sick of it. Well, there's no, I don't know. Anywhere he goes now is a step down. Like, he won't go to Duke. He's not going to go to Oregon State. Like, you think he's going to go to UTEP? No. I think his next destination, if if he's just so sick of it, is the NFL. Yeah, I think that's I think that that's the next move or he gives up. He's going to give Ohio State one more shot and then he loses to Michigan again. He's like, see, ya, I'm done. done I'm it. not dealing with this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of movement, a lot to deal with for some people. So, yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I do not actually know. Like I said, I was going to let you go through the whole coaching carousel and everything. Yeah. The games this weekend, I, I think uh, they're going to be fun. I love the coaching carousel a lot. It's fun. It's, yeah. It's, I also like. uh the NFL's version, the Black Monday, the Monday after the final regular season, all the coaches that get fired there. It's just interesting to see. And I know this is college football, but the Panthers fired Frank Reich today. So saw that they so. showed they showed a list on the Athletic. Uh, actually, before we started recording this, of like like shortest coaching stands ever. And I think Bill Belichick had the had the shortest with the Jets. It was like one Jets. day. Yeah, one but day. yeah, Frank Reich was on there. Urban Meyer was on there. I mean, Which, like the list. It was kind of like it, easy to predict who's kind of going to be on that list. It's I'm a little shocked they didn't give Frank to the end of the season, and also that Urban Meyer yeah. lasted longer than he did. Yeah, granted, Frank Reich was a very successful coach with the Colts earlier, but I think this is turning into an NFL thing. But yeah. the Panthers are just a mess, like as an organization. Yeah. I don't think Frank. I think Frank Reich was the fall guy in the situation. I think it's a general manager and an ownership thing, not knowing yeah. what they want and stuff like that. Going back to Ohio State, and if Ryan Day were to leave, 
They were mutually part ways because I don't think Ohio State was going to fire. They mutually part ways. Ryan Day goes to the NFL. He goes to the Bears, for existence, for example. Who would you get to be the next head coach of Ohio State football? Because all uh, you go down Twitter, you see these fans claiming to fire Ryan Day. He's not it. He's not the guy, blah, 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 blah. You have to be so sure of who you're going to hire or you're going to become Texas post Mac Brown mm-hmm. or you're going to become Florida State post Jimbo Fisher where you had Willie Taggart just completely ruining the program and stuff. Like your your program is going to become just a perpetual downward spiral. Who do you hire? Like who is better than Ryan Day? And that's so funny you bring that up because, you know, even after Saturday, you would go on the Ohio State Reddit and Twitter and everything, and everybody's first thing is fire, fire, fire. And I'm yeah. like, well where, do you, well, where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go? That's just always what I wonder. Even, and even when you look at like the NFL, too, a couple, like, I think it was maybe the last season with Kevin Stefanski, fire, and fire, and fire. I'm like, that's not always the answer for everything. Yeah. And in my mind, Ryan Day, like, yeah, he does have a bad record against, you know, like Clemson, Bama, Michigan, Georgia, whatever, but – his Big Ten record, yeah, it's 50-something mm-hmm. or whatever. But like you said, where do you go from that? I just don't yeah. really know who you get that's going to make make a difference in that in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Day is – I think he's one in five in top five matchups. And then he has three losses to Michigan. He has the loss to Iowa, Oregon, Oregon Alabama – in Georgia. So those are his yeah. seven losses. He's 57 and seven, 56 mm-hmm. and seven. But the two coaches that I'd seen thrown around were Luke Fickle, who's at yeah. Wisconsin, his first season, and then Mike Vrabel, who's head coach of Tennessee Titans. I don't think Luke Fickle's going to give up on Wisconsin after one season. And also, why should he come back? He yeah. was thrown under he was thrown under the bus for that 2011 season when they went six and seven and stuff like that. And like he they didn't give Ohio State didn't give him the job after that they went and got Urban Meyer which was the splashy big hire so why would he want to come back let him do his own thing and then Mike Vrabel why would he want to come coach college like he the NFL is I don't want to say easier to but it's just like you don't have to go to kids houses and recruit and deal with NIL now like college football is changing and stuff I bet he would be fine and the players he would recruit would be great. But like, I don't know. Do you promote Brian Hartline? The guy that doesn't call offensive plays, even though he is the offensive coordinator. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how Mike Rabel would deal with the transfer portal either. To me, he doesn't seem yeah. like he's a guy who's really like a big fan of it. I don't know why. Yeah. Is, yeah. 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 But, but no, nah, definitely some good stuff for today. It was a good episode with you as always. And I'm excited yeah. to, you know, hop on here next week and recap uh, championship games. And yeah. Coaching Carousel, if anything happens between now and Saturday, should be fun. Well, uh, Will, before we hop off here, where can people find your work and everything and follow you on social media? Uh, all my articles are on blazereview.com. On Twitter, I am at Will, W-I-L underscore Weddington. And then Instagram, W Weddington. Yep, and, we share, and we share the articles every week. So make sure you guys continue to check them out and check out the Pylon Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.